Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Castlevania, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hello! And uh, today we'll be specifically discussing the second season of Castlevania, which uh, was released uh, last week. And we are recording this the day after Halloween, so it's somewhat um, thematically appropriate. Yeah, spooky (laughs) stuff to talk about here. Um, We did actually discuss uh, season one of Castlevania a little bit before. So if you want to find our our previous thoughts on Castlevania, you can do that at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast where we talk about a lot of other animated stuff at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on YouTube at OverlyAnimated.com slash YouTube. And wherever you listen to podcasts, we always appreciate any ratings or reviews you want to leave us. But uh, yeah, we we have uh, eight episodes of Castlevania that dropped on Netflix earlier. Um, that's double the amount that we had in season one to talk about. Wow. So the, yeah, that, that uh, a big jump in content. But is it a big jump in quality? We'll, we'll discuss briefly a non-spoiler ver- version in case you're just interested in, in general thoughts before you want to dive in. But And then later we'll g- jump into more detailed stuff. But we'll begin in with general non-spoilery thoughts. Um, Sam, how how did you feel about the second season of Castlevania? So I felt like it had a lot more to offer than the first season in terms of plot and, you know, just general goings on. But it was way more slower paced given that, you know, you have to pad out eight episodes as opposed to four, right? Yeah, it was a lot more slower paced. Uh, a lot more political intrigue happening rather than like straight up bloody action, which I thought was interesting. I'm not too big on uh political intrigue uh media but i thought you know this was pretty straightforward and not entirely convoluted and boring so that's always good i did miss some of the action though we did have quite a bit of a disemboweling happening and you know so on and so forth we didn't Uh, have enough disemboweling is what you're saying we didn't have enough there no okay spoilers no babies got eaten so darn (laughs) yeah darn right (laughs) No, but I thought the political intrigue stuff was okay. I kind of wish um, one thing that the season didn't do, it didn't focus too much on a certain group of characters, which Mm -hmm. I kind of hope that it would have. But instead, we just got, oh, like Game of Thrones, but not. And it was fine. It's fine. But I I thought it was very interesting. And I watched it all in one sitting. Because it was just very compelling. And it was great. It was nice. Uh, whether or not it was better or worse than season one. That's more or less up in the air. I thought it did a lot a lot of things better than season one. I thought season one did a lot of things better. But um, I also thought season one kind of felt a little bit rushed in comparison to this. But then again, this is just like, oh, you know, we have an episode later. And we'll st- we're still doing the same shit. And not like snap, snap, snap. Working on whatever we got to work on. So, yeah, that's that on that. Okay. Uh, I find it interesting you you didn't want to uh, uh, commit to this being better than season one, because I think it's clear. I don't know. Yeah, like, uh, I get that season one is a little weird because it's like an introductory into this season, right? Like, in four episodes, it, it acts more as an introduction than anything. But I think that this season does feel a lot more complete. 
I think that when it goes to the, our main characters, the chemistry is already like well set. And so it ends up being fun every time we cut back to them. Well, obviously, you wish there was more of it. But I, I think that in the time that we get with them, it's almost always a good, good time spent. Uh, I do agree that when we f- go back to the villains, which is more of the main focus of the of the season, it does feel a little slow at times. And if you're not into the political intrigue, then like <laughs> I can imagine, is some of it gets boring. But I think they spice it up a little bit with um, with uh, Dracula. I think he he's still he's still the main character, uh, main villain in this season. And I think that he is has the most interesting stuff going on there, and so that that keep, keeps that side of it exciting. And also the fight sequences, while there's not as much action as in season one, I'll give you that. But I think that the fight sequences in this season are the best that this show has done so far. Like especially episode seven. Like without spoilers, episode seven is the best episode of this show. And I think that even if you didn't watch any other episode, like that 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 episode alone is impressive just in terms of its action sequences. So yeah, I, I think that when it does action, it, it dedicates time to to it and it, it does it really well. So I'm. I'm fine with sacrificing volume for quality in that sense. And uh, all in all, I think that this season was was really strong, stronger than season one. Uh, there are bits and pieces we'll dissect later on. But yeah, I think that this is uh, building perfectly on what season one started. Mm, I don't know. I kind of feel like season one and season two are two completely different beasts like you said like season one is kind of more of an introduction whereas season two is more like the long haul part of me kind of wishes i could see what a four episode season two would be like Hmm. and just have every single season be four episodes like it's a fucking like sherlock or some sort of bbc show uh but i digress i thought that it, it was just different. It's like comparing apples to oranges, even though, you know, they're still fruits. It's still the same show. <laughs> it's different. So you're saying season one is like an apple and season two is like a watermelon. They're yeah. Like, like different I mean, sizes. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. That, that's, that's not a bad comparison. <laughs> I like that better than apples to oranges because I hate oranges, but okay. I love apples and I like watermelon. But do you like blood oranges? I don't like any oranges. Oh, okay. Well. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I'm not a fan of citrus fruits. I apologize. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for the hot takes on cold food section at the end. But to, to yep. get further <laughs> into that. But um, yeah. So it, all of that. Those are our general non-spoilery thoughts, uh, as as vague as we could be. Uh, actually, one one brief. I probably should have mentioned this at the very beginning, but like in terms of gore, since that that does seem to be a thing that people like uh, are pushed back from in terms of watching this show because it's it publicized that like there's a lot of blood and stuff. Yeah. But like, did did you get the sense that it was toned down for this season? Like, yeah, definitely. So- yeah, it wasn't. Well, it like- was not like super duper extreme like it was last season. It wasn't gratuitous or over the top. It was. It's pretty minimal, I would say. Yeah, like I, I feel like the the actual body parts going around was a lot less, and I think that that's the main issue with gore, at least in my personal opinion. Yeah. Like, but car- cartoon blood at the end of the day is cartoon blood, but although I understand that people are sensitive to that, so like yeah. each person is different. But uh, yeah, like I, I uh, in case you were worried about that, it's a, a lot less than it was in season one, so. 
it ho- hopefully like I, I understand if your personal uh, case is against gore but th- this season did tone that down in case you were worried about that continuing so yeah this is a public it, service announcement yeah it is pretty okay i wouldn't say minimal like i did earlier it's it's less way less yeah. not like you know they were not padding out every single minute with uh you know just fountains of blood everywhere Right. So if you want to go watch Castlevania on your own, we invite you to go do that, and uh, we'll begin talking about more specific stuff. So this season is, I think, is clearly split up into the Trevor, Sypha, Alucard side of things, and the Dracula villain, uh, um, vampire army side of things. Yeah, the um, War well, Council. Yeah, the War Council is the the group that they they're called. Um, of of the two of the two like main plot lines of the season, like which one did you enjoy seeing more when it when it came up? Honestly, I like the whole uh, you know, Sypha, Trevor, Alucard stuff, mostly uh-huh. because I don't feel like we saw that much of it, <laughs> and I was getting, I, admittedly, I was getting a little bit dragged out with the whole war council and Carmilla and the fucking Viking guy and it's just there's just a lot of stuff going on with that that I wasn't super duper invested in even though I did think it was very digestible it's like you know it's how you'll eat like a cracker or something you know no like crackers don't really have too much taste but they sustain you so and the whole War Council thing that was maybe like you know a zesty cracker with like some tomato basil and but it's still a cracker it's not like the finest piece of garlic bread out there <laughs> garlic vampires <laughs> oh wow wow but uh yeah well, I guess we can talk about the War Council first because I do think that that's a part of this that stands out in terms of like how much time is dedicated to to this side of things of uh, of uh, Carmilla scheming behind Dracula's back, trying to take away his army, convincing his generals H- Hector and Isaac to join sides, and Dracula like slowly being sick of things, and like because of that, he lets this stuff happen. And, and so I, I I think that all the talking dialogue stuff, like convincing people onto their different sides, like it does get repetitive after uh, after a bit, especially like by the end where it's like Hector convincing Isaac to join the the, the team, sort of. But at, at the same time, I think there are like little bits and pieces that stand out to me. Like first of all. Dracula himself is an interesting character in this this season because we're still focusing on his depression, but like it does feel like it's advancing to the point of him like being suicidal, like him being so um so focused on the goal of killing humans that his lack of care for the people who are helping him ends up biting him in the ass. And so I, I I enjoy seeing Dracula like slowly deteriorate to the point where uh, like his his own castle gets away from him, literally speaking. So I I I think that Dracula's scenes in this season were great, especially because I was worried about the, after season one. I was like, well, how much of Dracula are we actually gonna get? And we did get enough Dracula that I was excited for for him in this season. Yeah, I I definitely I thought Dracula was the standout character i would call him more of a of an antagonist than a straight-up villain at this point in time with this season mm-hmm. uh considering how he was how we got like a glimpse behind the scenes 
of him just like you know withering away in his study, just being all emo and shit. And I like I don't know. I thought he was very sympathetic <laughs> that way, even though he was just like still murdering a bunch of people. And we get like a nice little flashback of him murdering an entire town just for fun. Yeah, like Dracula. When I was young, I I used to have fun doing this. Yeah, I used to just like fucking murder people for fun and just cut to him like killing a bunch of shop merchants in the worst way. But I I thought he was rather you know rather relatable and rather yeah I I don't agree with maybe uh, taking down the entire human race and the vampire race with you and just leaving this hole in the earth where those uh, people once stood. But you know, the, the idea of you know, being so racked with grief that you can't think of anything else but to just destroy the world as you know it, whether it be through suicide or just waging a war on humanity, you know, it's just, it's deep feels, man. Yeah, it's like self-destruction slash lashing out to destroy other things sort of thing. Yeah. Because also... Yeah, yeah. Well, like, they they touch on also, like, he's not even feeding anymore. So it's like destruction in both directions, really. Yeah, truly. I don't know. Like, not to say that, like, I would uh, give myself over to Dracula if, like, he wanted me to be on his war council or something. But I, I can see where he's coming from do in that s- regard. Do you see yourself more as a Hector or an Isaac? Uh, Hector was the one who just, like, you know, brought pets back to life, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be Hector. Isaac is, like, way too... <laughs> I mean... So Isaac, he whips himself. Yes, like, yes. Every, pretty much every day, I think. Uh, and just does all this, like, self punishment stuff for really no discernible reason or logic that i can follow Mm -hmm. Uh, i guess you know he thinks that the world was once full of love but now it isn't and dracula is bringing back the love in the world because this that and the other and it's like really out there because he's not totally all in his head i think uh hector on the other hand he's cute he brings back puppies uh (laughs) He gets described as like a puppy himself, which is very hashtag relatable to me, uh, because I am also very puppy-like in my demeanor and actions. So I, f- I was feeling Hector more so than Isaac. Also, Isaac just like would ram his thumbs into people's eyeballs, and that that's how he would kill them. So mm, apples and oranges. Yeah, because I- I'm on the other end. I re- I really loved Isaac in this season, and Hector, I kind of got bored by him by the end. Uh, although it seems like th- they both have their diverging like uh, setups for season three. But yeah. like, I-, I think that Isaac is interesting because like how how loyal he ends up being to Dracula. Like somehow surrounded by all these vampires, like he's the only one <laughs> who ends up being like uh, willing to sacrifice his life. We get that that scene where like Dracula goes up to Isaac it's like you're the only person I trust at this point and Dracula's kind of defeated and uh, like so that 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 relationship felt kind of felt pretty real to me like like you're, you're the only person that actually knows what I'm doing here Aww. so like I, yeah. I, I I felt that and then at the very end where Isaac is um, 
is like actually doing his last stand and uh, Dracula loves him to the point of sending him away into the desert like don't don't die for me like you've got other stuff to do and he sends him out and Isaac is in pain so like I I I I really enjoyed Isaac in in this season I think that he has uh, he he got a lot of emotions out of me <laughs> I don't know yeah well, um Hector, on the other hand, like he get he gets manipulated pretty quickly by Car- Carmilla. I mean, um, wouldn't you if you uh, were approached by the sexy vampire lady who was well, who t- could t- eat you? Tell us how you really feel about Carmilla. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I don't have to ex- extrapolate that much. If you know anything about vampires. And also Castlevania, you'll know that Carmilla is like one of the first vampire stories, or like the not one of the first. Obviously, there's been you know thousands upon thousands of stories about vampires. One of the first that centers around the uh, the female vampire and like you know the lesbian bisexual tie with vampires and ladies. So that's mm-hmm. that on that. Have you ever seen the web series Carmilla? It's based off of that old book uh castlevania obviously has its own ad- adaptation etc etc blah 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 and i, I will come they do briefly touch on that with her because in when she's introduced she says something like i would sleep with godbrand if all the vampire males and half the females died so like yeah there's there's something there <laughs> i mean yeah it wasn't like totally extrapolated on but it was uh it was there. Yeah. It, it was. It was there. It was. Yeah. It, it existed. Uh, and another thing with 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 Isaac. While we're on this topic, like we all we also get a flashback of like where he finally snapped and like began his hatred of humanity. Like he was a slave, and this uh, friar person he was trying to help. He says like I I wanted to help because I loved you. And the, the the guy like ends up whipping him anyway. But like yeah. there's also like that brief moment uh, of uh, gay representation in terms of uh, like do, do we interpret it that way as like love? That's so that's it's, how it's, I felt. Yeah, it, it, it is a little bit weird because it's like a slave uh, owner relationship too. Yeah. So like uh, that adds a a, a a wrench into it. But like that that's another little piece that we get thrown in terms of that. Yeah, I, I think it was you know if. You are in the know, and uh, you read for those sort of things. It's something that wasn't totally 100% spelled out, considering, you know, like, he says he loves you, but it's like, you know, a, a friar, or, like, he could be, like, a father figure. He could be whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. If, like, the shorthand for romantic intentions in our dumb little world is, you know, a kiss, or, like, you know, a touch on the cheek, or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we didn't get that there, so it's more... I would say more ambiguous than not, you know, not to say that the power of I love you is null and void, but I don't know. Maybe the writers, producers didn't want to completely spell out uh, all the uh, gay shit (laughs) that they had at their disposal. Uh, You know, you can have Godbrand, who is just like a drunken, belligerent idiot who is just like, yeah, I fuck people, like whatever. And, you know, he like fucks women. But we can't have Isaac be like, oh, yeah, I fuck men, blah, 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 and have him. Well, it's not within his character in the series, of course. But even with Carmilla, like, we didn't have too much of a straightforward, like, <laughs> like you know, blunt, oh, yeah, I fuck women, and, like, I don't really fuck men. It's more like, oh, yeah, if half of the uh, women died and all the vampire men died, you know, I would sleep with you, Godbrand. It wasn't so much 
like so much of a representation thing, more of like a nod to like, hey, we know what uh, Carmilla and Isaac's sexuality <laughs> is. Do you? Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, wink, wink. Uh, and uh, yeah, with, with Carmilla, another another issue there. And something that we, we commented on in season one is just like there's not enough female characters in the, in this show. It's like Carmilla doesn't really interact with any other females as far as I can Yeah, remember. she mentions like interacting with them. She's like, at one point, she says something along the lines of, you know, all the women in the war council don't want to talk because they're just rolling their eyes at all your like dumb men's like mm, belligerence yeah. or whatever. And like none of the other lady vampires talk <laughs> at exactly. all, at all in the entirety of these eight episodes, which is fucked up. That's yeah. Yeah, we're we're only allowed to have one female vampire at a time on the the, the fill the quota, I guess. Yep. But, <laughs> uh, so so yeah, that that's something that could be improved upon. But Carmilla herself is a, is a decent addition um she she talks a lot and she's the 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 plot propelling thing of like designing this plan to take out dracula and uh, doing it behind his back and bringing godbread on board um so uh, Car- carmela does does stuff <laughs> um uh, i speak we we speak t- we spoke briefly about romance and on the other side of, of this is um trevor and sypha and alucard <sighs> And uh, I, I don't I don't want to jump to romance or make connections, but I just I mean it's the, there. The, 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 the chemistry is palpable in this in this season between it's like all- a total love triangle that they're going for, isn't it? Sort of. Although, honestly, I think that Alucard Trevor is stronger than Alucard Sypha. Yeah. Just in my it, opinion. Do you think that Sypha Trevor is stronger than all of them? Hmm. I, I I think so. I think that I I think I think that's like you know the, the obviously I spoiled it in the last podcast that you know that's the uh, end game <laughs> TM couple and like we see hints of that at the end of the season. Um, yeah, I definitely think that Sypha and Trevor are given more more like stuff going on and more you know romantic moments such as Sypha's falling asleep on Trevor's shoulder under his stinky blanket and it's like so romantic so. yeah and like Sypha like trying to find stuff to bond with Trevor over like yeah hey, I'm alone now haven't you been alone for a while and like Trevor just being terrible at supporting <laughs> yeah but and at the same time Trevor and Alucard are just like bickering at each other <laughs> which is great (laughs) yeah it's great it's wonderful like if you want that belligerent sexual attention that's there exactly like uh, there's like uh, in the in the city like before they leave it's just like you got you kids can handle yourself right it's like sure and it's like fuck you piece of shit (laughs) like just back and forth like immediately and then at the very very end where they're like saying goodbye like alucard greets him off with a middle finger and a smirk (laughs) like it's it's, it's great it's great yeah, it is. It's great. I, I I like their testy banter, but I also like that they eventually, when stuff gets, when shit goes down, like they they work together. So like it it all works out in the end. But in the meantime, they're all angry at each other, and uh, a lot of this chemistry is built up in uh, Trevor's basement, which is a giant library full of yep. magic. And I think that one problem I have seen people talk about a lot is that they're. Bec- because they're stuck in the library for a lot of the season, it feels like they're they're kind of limited in that sense. I don't know how you felt about 
the, the time that they spent in the library and, um, like, if it really contributed to the season? I don't know. It's just kind of to compare it to Avatar The Last Airbender, as I am wont to do. It's like how at the end-ish of book two, they're all just kind of stuck in bossing, say, and that's just where they are for like five or so episodes. And you know, it, it's nice to be like familiar with a place and just you know have more like character development happen than plot development. And on that end, I did enjoy you know their little stay in the basement. On the other hand, uh, I mean, it did get a little bit stale with, you know, staying in the castle all the time and then also staying in the library all the time. And it's just like, back and forth, just in the same fucking place all the goddamn time. And whereas compared to last season, you know, everything was constantly moving around. Uh, Even within just like four episodes, we went to how many different locations? So mm-hmm. it's it's really like a matter of preference and what you're looking for in the narrative itself. I personally enjoyed spending time just, you know, sitting around reading books, trying to figure out what to do uh, and like having character development piggyback off of that. than like having to like go through, you know, Bridget and the, you know, the underground catacombs and this, that and the other. Uh, the Dracula stuff in the in the castle all the time. I was less of a fan of, but that's more like in a, I would rather spend my time in a library than a haunted castle. So that's and, and that. Also, and also like Siphon, Trevor, Trevor and Alucard are just more fun. So. Exactly. They are. <laughs> They're so much fun. Sypha is the best. She is yeah. wonderful and amazing. And I love her. Yeah. She, she gets a lot more uh, witty stuff to, we, we got a, p- a little taste of it in season one, but like here she gets a lot more of like, uh, like, um, punchlines to deliver. Um, in the library, there's the things like I discovered an entire box of yep. spells about penises. She did. <laughs> I have that screen cap. That's great. <laughs> Uh, but also like she she teases trevor around and then also like at call, calls out alucard and like being a a, a, a grown-up baby pretty much because he's a, a vampire so he literally grew up too fast so like yeah i uh, guess like he aged fast because that happened in twilight as well btw if oh, you ever really? read breaking dawn renezme is this in the faq with the dildos <laughs> No. It's that? Uh, that FAQ did not have dildos, and it's in the oh. fucking book. She just ages up really quickly. She isn't like. No, no, no. The FAQ is about vampire sets. So no, oh, God. No, she. Like, okay, <laughs> Renesme isn't like a baby for five months. She, like, over the span of like five months, she goes from baby to like five years old. So that's uh. like the age yeah oh and that that does remind me that like when they arrive at the at the house and it's like it's all destroyed i think alucard says something like i'm just kind of disturbed that I, somehow i had more of a childhood than you did <laughs> so like I, I i like that and then trevor is just like and your dad was fucking dracula and they all ch- chuckle together uh, so, what like, was the- a childhood in like the 1400s anyway i mean like if you're 12 or 13, what do you do? Do you even have a childhood anymore? Shouldn't you be, like, working on the farm or whatever they were doing at that point in time? Theoretically. Although, also, like, they both come from privileged families. I mean, Alucard's dad is Dracula, and Trevor, like, had rich people as his parents. So, like, if he had a childhood, he would have just hung around on trees and stuff, and he'd have been fine. 
So, so yeah, that there's also well, we kind of that sidetrack, but with Saifa, uh, in addition to being funny, she's also a badass. Like she, she is. She, she, she uh, the fight sequences that we get, we get a lot more of her fighting. I, I really like her being a total, a total wizard in this <laughs> in this season. Um, I especially like at, at the at, in the final fight scene. I, I guess we'll we'll begin to talk about that anyway. Yeah, my. Yeah, so like in that final fight scene where they enter Dracula's castle, uh, she's doing the ice, uh, um, the ice arrows, I guess you would call them, and like yeah. shooting them. But also she like does an ice wall and it ends up slicing through a person with the wall. I was, was <laughs> I was, I was impressed by that. And then uh, like Alucard turns into a wolf in the middle of there. <laughs> oh yeah, he does, and I thought that was like wild. Like, what are you doing being a wolf, Alucard? Uh, I did notice after the fact that, like, he does actually turn turn into a wolf in the intro to this to the show, like the intro that goes really quickly. But like, but I hadn't made the connection until I actually saw him do it in the fight. <laughs> that was him. But yeah, Al- Alucard is pretty cool. He's just swinging swords everywhere and teleporting back and forth. And um, Tra- Trevor is uh, swinging the whip all over the place. Like my, my words don't 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 do it justice. Like it's a very well animated fight. I, I think that one of the per- one of the people who worked on the show like, posted something about how th- that scene took double the frames of what a normal sequence of that length would would take. So they definitely dedicated their time to it, and it shows. So like I really love that. I, I don't I don't know how you felt about the the whole action of episode seven. So, okay, we were talking about it on our Discord hashtag plug with um, <laughs> our, our, our patron Michael, and he was saying, oh yeah, this episode uh, for love, it's like probably the best, it's like way better than this, that, and the other episode from other shows, and basically the convinced Dylan to watch it. Um, so, and I was like, okay, I hadn't gotten to that episode in that point in my watch yet, oh, oh. so I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll look out for that. Um, admittedly, I feel like I might have been more impressed if I didn't, like, read him saying that. Not sure, to, like, knock on sure. Michael. It's just, like, like you know, I had, like, higher expectations. Uh, but yeah. I did I did think it was very good. It was very well animated, well paced, uh, just amazing things happening, especially the latter half with uh, Alucard and Dracula just fighting together. And at the very end, um, there's this whole sequence where they uh, bring the fight into Alucard's childhood bedroom, and it's like very tear jerking, and it's so like tender of a moment, and it just happens. But it, it was like a spectacular show of skill that entire episode, and really like applause to the entire crew of Castlevania for that. You know, like people don't really think about what kind of work goes into uh, sequencing animation like that and how fast everything goes and how many frames you need, uh, how well storyboarded it needs to be this, that, and the other. So like kudos to them. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing. Like the entire, almost the entire episode is uh, action. It is fighting and it's like a 25 minute episode. It's like, it's impressive that it manages to keep the momentum going from beginning to end. Like because uh, even when Alucard faces Dracula at first, and uh, Trevor and Sypha are kind of bumbling around, but like it still feels strong because of just how how strong Dracula is, and I think they managed to portray that very well with just them getting 
uh, um, annihilated <laughs> very quickly before they end up gathering forces. Yeah. So I think that all, all through it, they managed to, to keep it going. And as you mentioned, the Alucard Dracula stuff one on one is also pretty good. Like they're they're hover fighting, and then they're like smashing each other through walls. Um, we get to see all the rooms of the castle, I guess, that we saw throughout the season. Even though we never really got much of a connection to the rooms, but it's like, hey, there's the place for where um blo- the blood guy ate uh, dinner or something. <laughs> it's just like go there for a second, then yeah. on to the next room. So like I I I like and then Alucard ends up bringing his teleportation and like punching Dracula back and forth. I I definitely got the the sense of fatigue too, which is kind of impressive. Like at first they're like giving all their energy into the fight, and then by the very end, like it, it, the Dracula is kind of stumbling while punching him down. Alucard is like tr- barely keeping himself together. So I, I, and then it, it, it climaxes in that room there. And, and you get the scene of Dracula finally coming to the realization, like, oh, wait, wait a second. I'm killing my boy. So yeah, you, you're you my get, son. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah, it's like the, the, you get the sense of like the rage blinded him. So, so that like it didn't really come to him until now. And then Alucard still makes a decision anyway to stake him through the hearts. And it's like, father, son. It's, like, oh, it's very sad. It made, yeah, it made it, me uh, tear up, I, especially like how the episode was just titled "For Love," and there yeah. are a couple examples, uh, mostly between Dracula and um, Isaac, and Dracula and Alucard. You know, like what will you do for love, and like what does love even mean? Like, does it mean sacrificing yourself for the person you love? Does it mean killing somebody for? like, the love of humanity or the love of the world or because you love that person and you don't want them to see them spiral even more. It's just a, a lot to unpack with that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, at the beginning, it's like Alucard is like, I'm going to stop the war for my mother. And then the, the Dracula's like, no, the war has to happen because of your mother. Sort of so it's like different sides, but Alucard ends up uh, finishing off the job. And uh, and uh, Trevor and Saifa come in to finish off the job, and they walk out holding hands with each other as oh. the sun rises. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's, yeah, it, it's it's sweet seeing them all work together. But then the the last episode like deals with Alucard kind of mourning. He he gets left with the empty castle. Um, Trevor yeah. is like, "Hey, have have my my library too." But the actual end of the episode is uh, Alucard just seeing the ghost of Dracula. He's remembering himself playing with his mom, and he just begins breaking down, crying. And that's the last frame of the of the season. I mean, he's it's an a- orphan now. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I wonder, like. Uh, I guess it fits the tone of the show that we end with just somebody crying. Yeah. <laughs> despite, despite, like, the quote-unquote success of killing Dracula. So I, I guess it's an interesting decision to do that versus um, seeing, like, Sypha and Trevor just drive off into the forest or whatever. Yeah, just, like, apparently they're just going to fight crime together because that's just what they're going to do. Uh, I, I thought it was a good ending for the season and <clears throat> really... Not didn't put us full circle with Alucard's character, considering he was barely a character in the first season, uh, and he didn't have too too much development throughout this season. Even I, I thought it was a good place to land with his character, though. I thought it was good to have somewhere to go further with him, where you know he's just stuck with all this knowledge around him that he could read for centuries, but you know he 
doesn't have his parents or his loved ones anymore. And who knows if he'll ever find a loved one again. I haven't read the Castlevania wiki enough to see if that'll happen. Well, th- that raises a fair point. Uh, of Trevor, Alucard, and Saifa, which which one of them changes the most in this season, if any? I don't know. Maybe Trevor? I guess. Like, I feel like in season one, we, we were already doing the Trevor gets yeah. better and, like, more willing to help people. So, like, in this season, it feels like he's, he starts in, in the right place and he ends in the right place. Except, I guess, n- now at the end, he's more willing to do it with Saifa. As yeah, to I guess so. Getting, I guess that's the only thing. But I, if, if you're wanting character development, I think in the main characters, it's not as obvious. With, with Dracula, I think you see it because, like, in terms of his deterioration i think isaac and to a lesser extent hector you like sort of see them go go through different things but the main characters i I do think that they kind of stay the same for for most of the season that's i that's true i think it's more that we see different sides of them that were that we didn't see before not that they specifically changed uh like with alucard like his expressed thing from his first like you know face reveal was that he wants to kill dracula because you know this that and the other and he does that but at the end he like breaks down crying because he just like killed his father and his mother is dead and there's just a lot of shit going on and with sypha like she was admittedly barely a character in the fucking four episodes in season one and we get to know her more we get to know more of her personality and how quick and witty and funny she is uh with trevor eh, i mean (laughs) i will say like he's less of a lone wolf now maybe that's yeah yeah. that's that so there's small steps i guess you're right um one one thing i'm worried about with season three we killed dracula oh he's gonna come back you think he's gonna come back? Okay. Have you never? Uh, that, that's like the plot of the podcast. Is it? Hey, look, I'm totally <laughs> blind. Okay, I'm All right, not so assuming any. Spoilers anything. for like every single Castlevania <laughs> game. Um, right. So the reason why Dracula is the antagonist in pretty much all of them is because he, quote unquote, comes back pow- more more powerful the uh, next time. So okay, okay. Here, here's the little rundown. So uh, this. Like season one, season two, primarily based off of uh, Castlevania three and whatever else Castlevania. Again, I, don't, I haven't played the games. I just read the. <laughs> you don't yell at me. I'm just trying to be more informed without having to spend money and time I don't have. Uh, so basically, it's based on that, and Dracula dies. But the first Castlevania, not the third, the first, um, you fight Dracula again as Simon Belmont. As opposed to Trevor Belmont. And the story goes, you know, Dracula was in some sort of slumber, uh, re- rehabilitative, regenerative state throughout then. And he just fucking comes back to life and you gotta kill him again. So, Dracula's gonna come back. I'm, I'm certain of that. Okay. I, I'd, I'd be happy for him to come back because I think that he was, he's the most interesting but also uh, th- this ending sets up hector and isaac to be yeah, yeah. still important in that season which so, is so why maybe I, dracula won't come back 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would like Dracula to come back, but I think that this ending is kind of setting up Hector and Isaac to be main yeah. people, which I, I'm not totally excited about. But like, I, I could see them doing something, something interesting. I think uh, Isaac's, I, Isaac's point would be interesting because how his season ends, he is in the desert and he's on an oasis and a bunch of like assholes come around and start beating him up. He's like, okay, whatever. And then he kills them all. And he brings him back as zombies because he's a forge master and that's just what the fuck they do. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make a zombie army because Dracula would have wanted it. <laughs> and that's that on that. So I'm I'm interested to see where that's going to go. Obviously, it's like a setup for next season. And the stuff with uh, Carmilla and Hector was also kind of a setup for the next season. I was more confused as to what their motivations are. Or, like, exactly what they're going to do next season. But they're going to do something. Yeah, because with Carmela, the thing is uh, she uses her army to invade. And that doesn't really end up doing anything because Dracula's dead anyway. So Carmela just decides, hey, well, Dracula's dead. I can take over the world now. And yep. uh, Hector, you can make my army for me. And I'm going to keep you hostage. And I'll be, uh, and he, like, be, beat him within an inch of his life in, in the process of that. So he's literally keeping Hector as a pet for She her, could also her just threaten to, like, kill him and like drink his blood i, I think he's, he's a vampire yeah she sort of did that like she she got very close to his neck a couple of times yeah. so. very sensual uh, yeah yeah uh so so carmilla is gonna try taking over the world on her end and maybe isaac is gonna try to destroy the world on his end maybe that's the general setup and then Trevor and Sypha just gotta fucking figure it all out. Maybe Alucard will come back. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, there, there's something there. And uh, as I mentioned, Isaac, I think, gets interesting character work in this season. So like, I would be more interested in his side just to see if there's anything beyond what we've seen so far. Or if it's just gonna be as simple as I gotta kill all the humans for Dracula's memory or something yeah that's the like weak point in isaac's character for me you just seem to just serve dracula out mm -hmm. of friendship albeit but it seems way too loyal for me right right and now that he's dead you wonder like it does it doesn't mean as much if he's dead <laughs> him still being like i want to do this stuff for dracula but like dracula's not around to like comfort him or have meaningful dialogue with him anymore who knows man yeah so well, we we shall see um, what happens with uh, season three. Let's uh, just see if we're, I'm missing any uh, other major things. Um, we briefly got the Archbishop back. Um, he didn't have much in this season. He um, was zombie. Had, yeah, he was a zombie. He uh, blessed the holy water so that the Dracula's vampires could die when they fell in the water. And also we got the flashback at the very beginning because we, we need to be reminded that Dracula's wife died and got burned. Yeah, she died. <laughs> So we, we get that, and we get another shot of the bishop being in front of the burning house with the red behind him, so like just con continuing that motif. Um, we haven't really talked about Godbrand. Like he's kind of important in the first half and kind of disappears. Yeah, and then he gets he, killed. Isaac kills him. That's what happens. Yeah, the, then then Isaac kills him. But do you have any general thoughts on his character at all? Um, he was very entertaining, but. <laughs> I kind of wish some of the other vampires besides him and Carmilla would have talked. Uh, maybe yeah. some of those other lady vampires that were waiting in the wings over there. But no, we got Peter uh, Stormera's Godbrand. 
He's a Viking yeah, the, and he fucks people and he makes boats out of them apparently. Yeah, and he he calls Hector a bigot for just assuming that he makes boats into things. But even though he does anyway. But, yeah, he does you know. make boats out of them. He he was very entertaining and I enjoyed seeing him on screen. Let's yeah. put it that way. Okay, okay. Uh let's see. Uh, the the speakers uh, the speakers also show up at the very beginning leaving the city and so they leave Cypher behind. Uh, you mentioned Hector's zombie dog. Um, he was he was cute. He was very uh, cute. Hector had like a couple of zombie dogs, and there's one in particular. There's a little pug, and he's adorable. He's just the best. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I was I was amazed when I like first like the, the first dog they showed. Up, I was like, how is it possible that a dog could be missing half its face, and they still managed to make it look cute? Like how? <laughs> just, you should but make we, that the uh, the thumbnail for this podcast. <laughs> just a, a half-faced dog yeah dude <laughs> uh um uh when they're uh w- one uh cypher trevor moment i have here um there's a conversation with cypher saying why why do all of your stories end with you punching someone in the face and Trevor's like because everyone else is a piece of shit so uh, they are nice back and forth uh uh, so uh, back uh, Hector, we, his flashback is that he found his dead dog and he learned how to bring it to life, and this got him to be exiled by his family apparently because those are abominations of nature. I'm sure it's alchemy <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what a forge master is. I'm not smart. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, alchem- oh, alchemy, I think, is like a mix of magic and science. I've never so, seen so- full med- full metal alchemist either. So. <laughs> I'm pre- I'm pretty much useless. Is that our next anime? <laughs> I mean, I hear that it's a very good anime, and I'm sure people will tell you that it's very good. I've personally never seen it, and yeah. I'm sure everybody will be like, "Oh my god, you've never seen Full Metal Alchemist? What is wrong with you?" Or Full Metal Alchemist, not the bad one, the good one, Brotherhood. That's the good one that people want you to watch. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really like anime that much. That's that on that. But you like this show. I mean, the show is kind of an anime but kind of not <laughs> uh let's see um we we touched we we touched on penises that okay I yeah penises oh. spells about penises like what was that about i want i want some more explanation about that like were they making dildos were they just like making penises what were they well, doing they, they- well, these are monster hunters, so like maybe they figure out a way to manipulate the monsters' penises to like cause them pain. I mean, probably, but you know, she says it like, "Oh my, god, like I just found a box of dildos underneath their bed." <laughs> like that's how she says it. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking again. You know, vampire dildos and dildos of all sorts—they were things back in the day. I'm not judging. Oh, oh, in in the library episode, another cipher thing is like the uh, she finds a spell that could keep the castle in one place. It's like, hey, finally, good things happen to me. But then the monsters are trying to break in. See, God hates me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a, that's a really useful screen cap if you find it. Yeah, yeah, lo- lots of God jokes in this show that are pretty good. Like it reminds me of the Trevor's like God shits in my dinner once again. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, lo- lo- lots of God jokes in here. Um, uh, Tre- uh, Trevor in the library does another fight sequence we didn't really talk about, but these beasts do try to break into the library, and Trevor like takes down I think like five beasts in a row or something like that. Yeah, it's like one after one. And at the very end, he's he's like, I'm armed with a stick because like he's lost all of his weapons at that point. So, um, yeah, that I guess it's fun. it's worth mentioning he does get the infamous chain whip, 
that shows up in the game. So ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The 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 Morning Star, I think. Yeah, it's it, it, it seems a little bit impractical because, but yeah, you know, it's a chain whip. Trevor seems very good at handling it. That's that. Yeah. And uh, finally, uh, this this this, at, this ending sequence has just been me finding Cypher stuff that we haven't talked about. Yeah, I mean, the best. Why why wouldn't uh, we talk about her? At, at the very end, when like convincing Trevor to stay, it's like you could be my handsome sidekick or like my deformed pet bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Cypher should just have her own show. Like, where is that spinoff show? Well, what if season three is like Trevor just giving Cypher the reins and like letting Cypher yep. do things? You know? Cypher in the countryside. Cypher and Trevor against the universe. Just being sassy and like taking no guff. I love yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, so Cypher is great. So uh, the, We are members of the Cypher fan club. Um, yep. If there's an actual fan club, please forward that to us and we'll, 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 we'll join. join. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that 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 concludes our coverage of Castlevania season two. Um, just recently there was an announcement that there will be a season three, and it'll be ten episodes. So even why more. isn't it sixteen episodes? I mean, if we're <laughs> gonna double the episode order, we should go with sixteen and not just ten. But yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, though, like we said, that part of these stuff dragged. And I think at the you mentioned something at the very beginning, like what would a four episode season of this look like? And I feel like, like that after- yeah, after talking through, like, I, I do think that we skipped over a lot of, of the, uh, like, political intrigue stuff. So, like, while it's okay, but I do think that, like, we could, like, pare, pare that down, pare down yeah. the library I mean, stuff. You don't, you don't really need to get into the nitty gritty. It's basically, oh, Carmilla comes in to this war council bullshit that Dracula made because why not? And she's like, oh, uh,. I was late because this, that, and the other. And then she tries to turn his generals against him, and she turns Hector, and Isaac is still loyal, and blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Dracula's dead anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, like, uh, t- 10 episodes is gonna, it, it might be a stretch, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. And at the very least, I, I'm, I'm confident that the peaks of that season will be pretty good to, to watch for. So, uh, that, that'll be good. But we don't know when that when that comes out, and uh, so it'll probably be like a year or so before we get back together to talk about this. Yep. Um, but uh, until then, um, there are lots of other Netflix shows that we cover here at Overly Animated. You can always uh, keep up with us at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also join us on Discord. If uh, Sam previously mentioned that, that we've talked about Castlevania already there. Um, you can find us at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Uh, you can also support us financially via Patreon at patreon.com slash overtheanimated. And thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Carter, a.k.a. Cardboard. Uh, thanks Why is that the nickname? Uh, I think there's a character from Craig of the Creek, which is not, not a related show to this, that is named Carter, and he has a cardboard city. Um, sure. I hope <laughs> no, that, no, no, Carter, I- you feel okay about that. Wait, wait, no, no, the kid has a cardboard castle that moves. Oh, is because, that really the thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh my because God. It, it, there's like there's like ten different rooms in it, and then he ends up like 
controlling it so like 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 dracula controls this castle it is related to <laughs> castlevania yeah so th- there you go carter th- thank you for supporting our podcast <laughs> uh, maybe you watch castlevania i don't know but uh um if you uh, if you've watched castlevania and you enjoyed it um other po- other ep- uh, shows that we cover on netflix some um, bojack horseman uh, that's an adult animated show just got announced um, for uh, season six that's true. That's true. Uh, more recent podcasts we'll have include Craig of the Creek, Miraculous Ladybug, DuckTales, uh, and animation is wide in a, vari- in a variety of spectrums. Even if you, you stick to adult animation, there's a lot of mature themes in, chil- in quote-unquote children's animation too, so feel free to check, us, uh, check our coverage out on those uh, shows as well. But yeah, on then the, thank you guys for listening it's been fun talking about castlevania for these two seasons and we'll be eagerly awaiting season three well, hopefully more more cypher to talk about because more cypher less less uh beheading and disembowelment maybe I next season said- we, maybe next season we won't have any well i, I thought you said at the beginning that you thought that this should have had more disembowelings i mean i don't know okay mm. I don't know, like, sometimes I prefer, you know, just some good old-fashioned disembowelment. Sometimes I prefer just, like, you know, chilling, talking about politics and, like, magic spells and shit. I don't know. Hmm. Right, right. One, one last thing, it kind of bothers me that when the vampires die, they're just, like, dripping pools of blood everywhere. I get that they drink it, but, like... I, I don't know. You're, you're saying that they should have digested it by the time they get They should have. I don't know. Like, they should have just, like, not had blood because shouldn't it be, like, in their stomachs or, like, whatever? Well, also, like, it, when you get staked, you, you get staked through your heart. Like, vamp, vamp, I, I have, have no vamp knowledge of vampire lore, but do vampires have hearts then? I mean, vampires are biologically human, aren't they? Oh well, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. So they they should so, have hearts, but it, I guess it depends on who you talk to as to whether or not they're beating and still pumping blood. Yeah, because that if they have hearts, then obviously they do have blood in their bodies. Like that that that's maybe it's just that like when you become a vampire, your blood vessels like expand so you can maybe. fit more blood. I don't know, but my thing is, if I ever make a vampire thing, I'm just. You know, there's not going to be any blood unless somebody punctures their stomachs, because that's where I think the blood should be. Okay, well, the, the, that, or like, that or like in their bladders or something. Do they pee blood? Oh, do they pee? Uh, well, Dracula cries blood. He does so. cry blood. So, like, I mean, what about other bodily fluids? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's a possibility. It's, but does it maybe like and all does of their, it hurt? All of their probably not. I mean, if it's just like coming out of their bladder. This is obviously why we need Cypher's book about uh, blo- yeah about, uh, he, spells for penises. Yeah, so we do we because I need I need cause. to know like do they pee blood? Like do they ejaculate blood? Like what's going on? I need wow, to know. Do they, do they ejaculate blood? Now, yeah, do they ejaculate blood? Is that how <laughs> Dracula got Lisa? Brown? Oh no! <laughs> Sam, Sam, is that what? That wait, wrote. is that? Is that why Godbrand feeds so much? Because he fucks all the time. Yeah. And so oh he needs to replenish. <laughs> he needs to repl- He needs to like be able to get it up. 
So he needs to feed all the time. So he can have blood in his penis, and when he comes, more blood can just go out. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. This feels like a more fitting place to end Castlevania. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us if if you think what. Okay, tell us about vampire lore and like if they have blood on their penises. Yeah, l- l- last podcast we asked about vampire babies, but now we're getting to the nitty gritty. Ste- Stephanie nitty-gritty. Meyer, her lore is that you know there's like venom and stuff that you know, gets the penis erect or whatever, but. Yeah, but- there's got to be more to vampire sets. There's got like why are they just like exploding blood when they get killed? T- please tell me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would love so, to know. And just tell me like if vampires ejaculate blood. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on that note, uh, <laughs> vampires coming blood. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, we'll talk to you later, I guess. Uh, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Have a nice time thinking about what I just said. Hoorah. <laughs> Do they? I mean, I, I, like, I, think, I, I think we stumbled onto a great theory here, Sam. I mean, yeah, we did. I, I just like, and if Dracula cries blood, then what else is going on? Does he also vomit blood if he has to throw up? Does he salivate oh, yeah. blood? Um, I think there's just all the bodily, bodily liquids become blood. I mean, is his earwax just clumped up blood? And see, this is why water it, it makes them burn because they no not longer blood. have water in their system. Oh my god.